0: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of James 3, verses 1 through 18. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of inquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature and itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth From the same opening, both fresh and brackish water, can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters yield olives or a grapevine figs, no more can salt water yield fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom, but If you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, Then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: My friends, today's passage from James chapter 3 has the potential to be transformational. Not just for our lives, but for our relationships, for our families, for our community. If we are willing to hear His teaching and implement what He says. For here in James chapter 3, we find the longest section about the use of our words in all of Scripture. James tells us in this passage, What the problem is. He tells us the source of the problem and not only how to fix it, but also the blessed promise that will emerge if and when we finally learn to tame our tongues. James begins chapter 3 with a warning to those in the early church who found themselves in positions of authority, as teachers, positions of influence. But he quickly moves in verse 2 to say that all of us struggle with the way that we use our tongues. To hit home his point, he gives us three very interesting examples about the power of our words. The first thing he says is that our tongue is like the bridle in the mouth of a horse. Maybe small, but it sets the course for a very large animal. I am a particular fan of the breed of horse called Clydesdales. They're massive, massive creatures. Uh, You're no doubt familiar with them. You see them on commercials each Christmas. They're the ones that pull the... Budweiser sleigh, massive creatures. Clydesdales can grow up to 2,000 pounds, and yet even a beast that size can be led by a small bridle. Paul says the words we use can help set the course of our lives. Then he brings out another example. He says similarly that our tongues are like the rudder, on a ship. Big, big ship, steered through the wind and the waves by a small rudder. I want to show you a picture of something. This is called the Seawise Giant. The Seawise Giant, this red monstrosity here. And <clears throat> just for effect, the Sea Wise Giant in this image was placed next to a rendering of the Titanic. The Seawise Giant was huge. It was an Iranian oil tanker made by Japan. Fifteen hundred feet from bow to stern. Fifteen hundred and four feet to be exact. That's over five football fields long. When this ship was at full power, going as fast as it could, it took it five and a half miles to stop. To make a turn, it took two and two miles. This ship was too big to go through either the Suez or the Panama Canal. It was a massive, massive ship. And yet, like all other ships, this this was steered by one relatively small rudder. Our words have the power to help steer our lives. Our tongues may be small, but they help drive where we go. And James suggests that this is not necessarily a good thing because of his third illustration when he says that our tongues are like fire. On November 23rd, 2016, there were two young men walking on a trail in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. They happened to be playing with matches. Without much warning, the forest around them caught on fire. And in just a matter of days, 14 people were dead. Over 17,000 acres had been burned. 2,500 structures were damaged or in many cases completely destroyed. My family lives in that community. It's a harrowing experience for all of them. Thankfully, their homes and their lives were spared. But their family business lost thousands and thousands of dollars due to this fire. James says that our tongues are like those matches, they can set our world, our relationships, and our families ablaze. His point though the tongue is a relatively small part of our body, they help direct our lives and sometimes they wreak havoc. Look at verse 7. James says, For every species of beast and bird, of reptile, and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. No one, he says, can tame the tongue. Church, I want to make sure that we see this That all of us see this point. James is not suggesting that a few of us have problems with our words. James says that all of us, all of us, have used our voices at times in this world to tear down instead of build up. All of us have done this. And our words are so powerful. Ten years ago, there was a study commissioned. And the study was of clinicians and the processes that they employed to give a shot. And the study found something very interesting when it found that if a clinician prior to giving a shot said the phrase, this may hurt just a bit, those who received the shot reported a higher pain level than those who had heard no warning from the clinician administering their shot. Words themselves can cause or exacerbate our pain. The old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie. For some of us, the words that we have heard perhaps the words that we have spoken, are the most damaging things in our lives. All of us have been guilty of using our words in a way that hurts rather than heals. Why do we do this? Why? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Said differently, our lips reveal what's in our hearts. When there is a problem inside of us, our tongue is quick to reveal it. But church, here's where the true gift of this passage comes in. James shares an uncommon blessing in verse 14. Let's take a look at it together. James says, But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. In this passage, James chapter 3, he's been talking about our words And here in verse 14, James gives us the reasons that we have a tendency to use words that hurt. This tremendous damage we can do with our tongue and James traces it back to four possible causes. Bitterness, selfishness, boastfulness, and falsehood. When we speak in a way that does damage, we can generally trace it back to one of these four causes. Church, that's a fascinating spiritual formula. We speak with bitterness because we've been hurt. Selfishness because we don't see the plight of those around us. Boastfulness because we have a poor sense of our identity. Falsehood because we're unwilling to tell ourselves the truth. James reveals that it's a tragedy. The toxic tongue lives in all of us. But he also teaches us what the cause is. Bitterness, selfishness, boastfulness, and falsehood. I want to invite you to engage in an experiment with me. This is one of those sermons that, if we apply it to our lives, can change our lives and our relationships. So I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to write those four words down. Bitterness, selfishness, boastfulness, and falsehood. Write them down. Keep them in your Bible or next to your chair or in your car, wherever you can access them. And the next time in your life... That you find yourself using your words to hurt instead of heal, to tear down instead of build up. Take that sheet of paper out and take a look at it. Check your words against the list. What I mean. James, in this passage about our words, says that our words, when they break the hearts of those around us, come from one of these four quadrants. First, they can come from bitterness living inside of us. Bitterness is a leftover from the pain of our past. When I've been wronged and I don't find closure, it results in bitterness. When we dwell on past injustices, they become a poison inside of us. I'd ask you today, Is there a past hurt that you are holding on to? It's driving your your life in an unhealthy way. Because if bitterness lives inside of us, there's a great chance that bitterness is making its way out of our mouths. Second cause of our toxic words, James says is selfishness. Selfishness rises in us when our focus is so intent upon our own personal goals or the challenges we're facing that we simply fail to take notice of those around us. In my own life, I find it amazing how quickly my world can become small. How quickly I can be reduced to only thinking about what is best for me or for mine. I wonder when the last time was that we asked ourselves how we can best serve the people that God placed in our lives. Are we paying attention to the needs of others or only to our own needs? Sometimes when we do damage with our tongues, it is because of the selfishness that lives in us. Third, James talks about boastfulness. This might strike us as odd. Most of us don't think of ourselves as boastful. But boastfulness tends to emerge out of inadequacy. Sometimes we could call boastfulness self-righteousness. We find ourselves tearing others down to make ourselves feel better. When we struggle with inadequacy, it's an indicator that we do not have a clear sense of who we are in Christ. If we're still living under the burden of our past sins, that inadequacy will wreak havoc on the sense of who we are. And yet the truth of the gospel is that God knew we needed forgiveness, and God moved heaven and earth to give it to us. That's who you are. This is how much you are loved. Sometimes when we hurt others with our words, it's because of boastfulness born from our own inadequacy. How do we hurt others? with our words why oftentimes we do so because of bitterness or selfishness or boastfulness or finally James says because falsehood lives in us one of the most toxic and tragic things we can do is lie to ourselves this happens all the time, especially in our relationships. We can make ourselves into the hero, then our spouse or our parent or our child or our friend into the villain. We compare ourselves at our best to others when they are at their worst. My friend Keith Priest recently shared with me a tendency that he sees in so many of his clients. And the tendency is to compare our intentions with others' actions. What I intended to do against what someone else actually did. When we lie to ourselves about our innocence. We tend to speak in ways that set our relationships on fire. when the truth is that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Why do we use our words to hurt others? James says it's because one of these cancers lives inside of our souls. But hear the good news, church. God can heal all things. Regular time in the Word can heal us and transform us. We find that in our teaching today. James says, the problem is we misuse our tongues. And the reason we do that is almost always because of one of these four reasons. Therefore, the next time I misuse my words, I can go back and ask myself, why did I react that way? Why did I say that thing? Was it because there's bitterness in me? Was it because there's selfishness in me? boastfulness or falsehood it's a tremendous gift that the word of God has given us to help us understand why we use our words to hurt why we use them in toxic ways and therefore how to find healing the spirit of God can forgive us the spirit of God can indeed heal us next time your words break forth to hurt and tear down. Ask yourself where it came from. Is there bitterness in you? Pray that God will set you free from that past hurt. Is there selfishness in you? Pray that God will have a transformation occur in your heart such that you can find compassion for others. Is there a boastfulness in you? Pray that God would help you to see who you truly are in Christ. A beautiful and beloved beggar at the foot of the cross. Is there falsehood in you? Pray that God will share the truth. And that the truth will set you free. Because of the weight of James' teaching, because of the importance of how we use our word, I want to invite us to just take a time out in the sermon for just a moment. Ask for God's grace and God's forgiveness and ultimately for God's healing. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Father, whether we can remember or not, Scripture says it, and therefore it is true. All of us have used our words to tear others down. We've used our tongues to hurt. They've steered our lives at times into tremendous trouble, our families into tremendous trouble. Sometimes they've set our worlds on fire. And today we acknowledge that. We confess it. Knowing that when we confess our sins, You are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of unrighteousness. Father, we ask for more than Your forgiveness today. We also ask for Your grace to forge new pathways. That, Father, You would reach into us and remove the bitterness of the past hurts so that bitterness will no longer emanate from us. We ask that you would remove selfishness and replace it with a care and concern, a vision to see others. Father, we pray that you would take away our boastfulness and instead. Help us to find tremendous grace in who you have named us to be, your children. Gracious God, if there's falsehood in us, if we are lying to ourselves, help us see the light of truth. Heal our hearts so that our actions and our words can breathe life and light and hope into our lives and our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, the first 16 verses of James are bad news, highlighting the problem and the source of the problem. But then, then we get to verse 17. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. James says that when we identify the problem and its source, when we work within God to find forgiveness and healing, that then a new reality emerges, not only in the way we use our words, but in the way we live our lives. What a list. When we allow God to work in us, we go from running ships aground and setting things on fire to being pure and peaceful and gentle. And look at that next one. Willing to yield. Willing to yield. A mark of the mature and wise follower of Jesus Christ is a willingness to yield. What if instead of trying to win arguments with one another what if we sought to be the first to yield but why in the world why would we do that look at verse 18 and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace my brothers and sisters we live in a terribly divisive time People tear one another down with their words at every turn. James says, James says, we become wise in Christ when we learn to yield. Don't worry about winning the argument. Worry about loving the person you're arguing with. Because a harvest of righteousness is sown for those who make peace. So, how have you been using your tongue? James gives us an amazing insight in this passage. Not only does he warn us about the danger of our words, but he gives us a tool that can help root out the cause. So the next time we speak in a way that tears down, we can go back. We can trace it to the source and we can find healing. How have you been using your tongue? And what would be willing today Begin using our tongues to make peace and to yield the battle. A harvest of righteousness is sown for those who make peace. May your words breathe peace into the world into your family in the name and to the glory of Jesus Amen